Named after the mechanism that separates the sweet wort from the spent grains, False Bottom Girls features two beer experts filtering through the brewing industry to guide listeners through the wonderful, yet sometimes confusing, world of beer. Hi, my name is Rachel Hudson. I'm the co-owner and head brewer of Pilot Brewing in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an advanced Cicerone. Hi, I'm Jen Blair. I'm the beer program coordinator with New Realm Brewing in Atlanta, Georgia, and I am also an advanced Cicerone. You want to see something funny? I was yes. just looking there. I got this picture. I got a couple of pictures up on my, um, whatever it's called, corkboard. This one's from the, from GABF in like 2000, I don't know, 13 maybe, and um, maybe 14. I don't really know. And it was at the Rare and Vintage Beer Tasting. Okay. And I went with Hardywood. And to the right of us was Crooked Stave. To okay. the left of us was Dogfish, and to the left of them was Noda Brewing Company. Yeah. So, uh, uh, so here's a picture of me and Sam. And if you can see right there to the left, of the, to this side. Oh, of the yeah, street, there's Chad. There's Chad's chin straps. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that hilarious? Isn't that funny how things like that work out? I know. I was like, well, of all the breweries there, I couldn't have worked for Dogfish Head or Cricket Stave. <laughs> Just kidding. And I didn't even go there next. I, I, actually, um, Matt, one of the guys that works there at Noda, he was there. He says he remembers talking to me. Nice. Hey, Simcoe. You see him? Oh. Don't let him fool you. A little tear. Yeah, right. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. So we have a, an unintended special guest for today's recording, Simcoe the Cat. Oh, I was going to say, is it Tom? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll just stare. He's a people person. Sometimes he's really cuddly. He's he's get, like terrible too. Ah. Uh, mode, you know. Sometimes yeah. he's a dick. Most of the time he's a dick. <laughs> Welcome to cats. Welcome to cats. So, I'm super pumped to talk about. Harvest beers and seasonal beers, mm-hmm. aka to our viewers. Nice to see you again. That's what we're going to talk about today. And I, I made some notes. Made some notes. Oh, nice. I was like, this is a really great Master Cicerone essay, essay question. Because, you know, I was like looking at uh, winter seasonals. You know, you have like your really specific Belgian strong dark style ones. And then you have like American breweries who will do a lot of cel- like hoppy ales sometimes, right. like celebration. And like Sierra Nevada celebration, and um, and then you have like uh some breweries that get this like high ABV barley wine ish kind of style, like Trogue's Mad Elf, mm-hmm. uh, for example. So there's a lot of different winter ales, you know. I was like, mm-hmm, three countries, six examples. I yeah, I get it. I'm gonna write. <laughs> These are my new flashcards. Like I have all my style flashcards, but now I have my my beer specific. Like, this is everything about Omegon Hennepin. Oh, interesting. So when that essay question comes, like, right, you know, what is it like? Like this, because, uh, you know, not to like get on Master Cicerone tangent, but everyone knows Jen and I are studying for Master Cicerone. Right now they have a um, pr- three practice questions online for you if you want to like check mm-hmm. them out. And one's all about, one's like about saisons. And they're like, talk, talk about how Saison, like the wide range of Saison and how the different malts play into that. And then give, you know, talk about different examples that explain that and give 
six examples from three countries. Yeah. You know what I, happened to me? When I, I'm like, okay, obviously there's a bunch of Belgian examples. Obviously there are, um, I guess there were some French styles, but I really, maybe I didn't look hard enough. But I just really couldn't find anything that was different in France, French brewery. And correct me if I'm wrong, but, um, and then American. But I was like, where am I going to get this third country from? It took me forever. I finally found one Canada. in Canada. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I found one in Australia. Okay. If you can't see me for a second, sorry, but uh, it's the Saison de Her- Heretique. I don't know. From Australian Brewery. A delicate okay. yet complex farmhouse ale. Um, you know, that's probably pretty similar to this light pale one, but I was like, yes. <laughs> For, and I was like, no, what am I going to, where? And I was just, yeah, you're right. Of course. Uh, does Unibrew, I looked this up. Does Unibrew make a saison? Um, you know what? Let me look. I've got my sheets right here of my commercial examples that I've been working on. You know, I've actually uploaded one of those into our, uh, shared folder. Of- yeah. Um, I don't have Unibrew on there for Saison. I do for double and triple. Yeah, I remember looking that up. But um, what's the other one? The um, Ducille is the one with the exclamation point in its name. Yeah, I think they have a Saison. Ducille or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. All right, good, good. Making me feel better. I was like, what the? Yeah, you know what's actually um, has been a good resource for me in figuring out that one from a different country is the Beer Advocate website. Like I never yeah. reviewed beers on there, and I like I didn't. That was kind of a a relic, I think, pretty quickly. But uh, they still have all of the reviews, so you can go and look at um, like Saison, and mm-hmm. it will give you the list of reviews. And then like I've just been going down those to get like. American versions of German styles and, yeah. uh, you know, other countries that have Baltic Porter and just yeah. stuff like that. And that's been really good to look that up because then you can also read some of the reviews to get an idea of what the flavor profile is like. Mm-hmm. I get weary with reading other people's reviews sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not that oh, for sure. I don't trust anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I especially don't trust people who go places like Beer Advocate and take the time to write a review. I would trust you. <laughs> I'm not taking the time to write a review up here. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, not what we're talking about today, yeah. but Saison is season and we're talking about seasonal kinds of beers. Perfect. Yeah, that was that was very good. I uh, we're really naturals at this. And so if we sound um, a little weird, too, it's because. Um, if you're listening to this in the future or if you're listening to this right now, um, it is during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we are both uh, in our own homes and doing this via Skype versus being in the actual podcast studio with all the really nice equipment that we have. Uh, so that's why we may not sound as uh, as polished as, <laughs> as we normally do. Well, you sound good like, to my ear. Right now. Okay, well, good. Yeah, I've got these giant gamer headphones on that have like this, this cord is so long. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I had another pair that are actually wireless, but I don't know how to work them because 
I'm old and I don't know how to how to work oh, simple things yo, like wireless we've headphones. Been, we've been trying to get on Skype for like 25 minutes now. <laughs> <laughs> this so, time was better than last time. Last yeah. time it took us probably a good 45 minutes to figure it out. You're like, pull Skype up. I was like, oh, wait, can't you just like email me something so I can click that <laughs> link? Because what do you mean pull Skype up? It's so confusing <laughs> when you try to, I don't know, it's not going to get into it. But anyways, yeah, we're talking about uh, seasonal beers today. And, you know, while I was doing a little research, I was, uh, there's two types of seasonal beers. There are beers or styles that breweries brew during a specific season for that seasonal release. And then there's also beers that are just nice to drink or styles to, that right. are nice to drink during that specific season that are could be made all year round. Right, um, yeah, you can make a wheat beer all year round, right. but if people want to drink it in winter is a different story. Yeah, yeah. And um, so there are, uh, especially as a brewery owner, you know, like we have um, the Cafe Latte Stout that we do all year round at mm -hmm. um pilot and if you know us we try to keep everything different so every time we brew that beer we have a different coffee roaster but anyways that beer does not sell that well right now um especially you know and when the tap room was open it'd be a little different <laughs> but you know pandemic playing a huge like even more significant of a role because right now we're like we're not we're brewing light refreshing drinkable and hoppy beers right now mm -hmm. fruit beers fruit goes us ipas in a can and cream ales, Kolsch, wheat, whip beers, because that's what people want. And that's what that's what they're going to get crowlers and growlers fills of the moment. Um, right. There is no flight option right now. Um, also, on the flip side of that, we're doing um, a, a lot, a lot of barrel beers right now. And that is because we are very small and we can use that as a revenue stream for us. I wouldn't say like that is a seasonal decision on right. our part. That is something we're just going to do as much as we can because it earns us a lot of income. Right. Um, and we need that. But um, yeah, it's huge. It's a huge decision on that part. And then of course, when this appropriate seasons come around, I like to do my pumpkin beer and, you know, winter spiced ale and all that jazz, you know, ah! right. Sorry, oh, that was a microphone. Yeah, you know, it's funny out of, I mean, just being a beer person, there's so many styles that aren't my favorite, but I can appreciate them when they're really well, well done. I cannot stand winter spice beers. Yeah. Like, I, I just do not like them at all. And Is it a particular spice or like, like, because, um, you know, kind of what I mentioned earlier, there's so, so many different winter seasonal beers and right. I know I know Jen would probably like Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale yeah I like Celebration but, but she means like spiced like heavily spiced Christmas right. time the winter warmer type beers. spices yeah right. exactly I know yes. it's I like I don't I, I I just don't it's, you don't like, all like the them yeah I don't like them as a concept I like beers that have like a good that have spice to them yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, spice beers aren't my favorite anyway. I literally tasted someone's apple pie beer and it tasted like a Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> like when you like it didn't want to give uh, cover birth control for its employees. <laughs> <laughs> no, this beer tastes like it is closed on it's, Sundays. It's <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, it tasted like the way a Hobby Lobby smells. It tasted just oh, like yeah. the spices and like, I don't know what, why Hobby Lobby smells that way, but you know what I mean if you've been inside. Oh Hobby yeah, Lobby. yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's all like, the crafts converging in one place. And I was like, that I could not get, I mean, I will never forget that, but um, that was an example of way too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and maybe, I, that's, maybe that's what I don't like about it is that, I mean, I can appreciate when anybody does a beer with subtle spices and they do it well, but that is such a fine line. Yeah. And I just don't, I just, yeah, I just don't particularly care for the mixture of beer and spices. Yeah. And um, there's definitely a couple of beer. Gosh, I don't remember some like exactly off the top of my head, but I guess, I was going to say Trogues and Trogues Mad Elf and Sammy Claus are kind of, they're more like a barley wine. Like, yeah. Well, I think Mad Elf is, they advertise that as a Grand Cru, don't they? Yes. And then they have different versions of it. Like right. Naked Elf is the base beer. No cherries or honey. And then they, okay. have, and then they have like a Wild Elf, which has like bread. Um. Master Sister Room question. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, but they're like, I like the dark ones. Like, there's a couple really good Belgian ones, like Delirium Noel. That t- is supposed to have some spice. Yeah. It's a bit spicy, but I bet it's more spicy from the yeast, really, honestly, than right. like much overspiced. I like that one. I like Good and Careless. Mm-hmm. Noel. The darker St. Bernard's Christmas. Yeah. Those are the good ones. Those are the ones you put, those are, you can, you can get those for uh, beer geeks. Do you know what Amanda got me the other day? It was so nice. Um, Amanda works at Pilot Brewing. We're doing another round of barrel beers, as you know, but mm-hmm. uh, Joan's going to make like a good and drop kind of clone Okay. for her barrel. And I was so excited. Amanda brought me a bottle of good and drop and I was like, yes. Nice. <laughs> the best. Like, cause <laughs> You know, it, hopefully, you know, it might be a little bad from the travel or it might be a little old, but it's Gudendrak. And it's just such a classic for me. It's one of the first beers. And it's not a style that people like. It's not recognized on BJCP, really. It's an imperial, Belgian imperial triple. So you have a triple, you have quad. It's just not a BJCP. So it's a. Probably Brewer Association style, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, it's a Belgian imperial triple. It's a dark style triple. Okay. But I'm excited. That's awesome. For something like that for barrel. You know what we should do, and then um, we'll get back on topic, is just you saying that just now. I'm sure you've seen everyone on social media sharing things like the 10 albums that changed my life. And now I'm starting to see people do like the 10 beers. We should do that for an episode where we each talk about like five. We each take a five beer. Oh, yeah. That no, I got that. I got yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, can yeah. I can do that. I got good stories. Yeah, I can do that like right now. <laughs> yeah. So it's also funny. Um, and then then we'll really get back on topic. But it's we're recording this. It's Saturday morning. It's like 10 a.m. And uh, we made a joke in the last episode, which I'm not positive will be released or not. But if you do, you'll hear us talking about. We're recording on Friday, so we've got beer, and we're like, this is after work. And how was it just once that we postponed? Because we were supposed to record earlier this week after work. And I was sitting there thinking, I really don't 
I haven't gotten anything prepared and I just don't have the brain with, but I don't want to text Rachel and, and push it off. And like, just as I was thinking that I get a text from Rachel saying the exact same thing. And do you mind if we reschedule? And I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yes. And so we talked about it and we were like, okay, we actually really do need to record this in the morning. Like first thing in the morning when we're like, bright and smart and like the the day in life just hasn't beaten all of the energy out of us (laughs) it's like like right before i texted you jeff's like don't you have a podcast you have to get ready for i was like oh fuck no (laughs) 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 i'm so so tired but yeah but it's nice because rachel has her notes she's prepared uh i am not as prepared, but I, you know, I drink beer. I have an idea of seasonality to it. Yeah. No, it's totally, it's easy peasy. Well, well, and I think with the, um, and we'll talk in one of our next episodes about the, it will, will be our book club episode about uh, the uh, brief history of lager book that Rachel and I are both in love with. And um, it talks about like, Michael Moss and uh, what is the one that happens in the fall, but it was the German back in the day before there was refrigeration beer went bad if you brewed it when the weather was hot. And so a lot, a lot, a lot, most places would only brew from usually late fall into early spring. And so in Germany, there was actually a prohibition from March 29th, which was Michael Moss, to whatever the other name is that's escaping me, um, which was September 29th. And so you weren't allowed to brew in between those months because the beer would spoil. It wouldn't be very good quality. And that's kind of where we got things like the seasonal the winter beers that are really heavy mm-hmm. and you know, it's where they would brew it towards the end of um, when they brew it towards the end of May and then it would age and they would have it ready or opposite. They would brew it yeah. in September. Cause I know like my Bach was always brewed to come out as the like spring it's a springtime beer. And they, so that beer was always brewed to like celebrate yeah. spring. Yeah. No, they, uh, yeah, exactly. So Bach would be brewed at during a cold time whenever it could and set, released during the months of spring, but to also be drank like through the warmer months. Right. And then um, stuff like Oktoberfest, Mars Day would be brewed in like the month of March to be drank at the beginning of, you know, what at Oktoberfest or in the, right. celebration, the beginning of the brewing season, basically. Um, they also had stuff like winter beer, summer beer. Um, or even like white beer, red beer, like the lower kind of alcohol stuff was brewed in the beginning. Um, so could you, because you needed stuff to drink throughout, so you could drink everything, so staying colder. And then they start to brew things that had a little bit more tolerance to them for to be aging during those summer months. Right, and but, a lot of times that was also done with a um, party guile system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where the first, okay. so the like with the party guile system. Yeah. Yeah. So what they would do when um, if you're not familiar with party guile, obviously, Rachel, I know you are. But listeners um, is when you run, you basically mash and then you sparge through different batches of beer. So your first sparge is going to be the strongest beer. So that would be the beer that you would age. 
and then you run it through again and that gives you and you're just running water back through that grain to get more of those sugars and so then you would get kind of a medium strength beer and then the last runnings would be the like the kind of the table beer so like what you were talking about is stuff that would be it would ferment quickly and also be designed to be drink quickly yeah exactly um and that happened with like you know say you know lots of different styles and and that was everywhere that's the brewing culture everywhere that's what you had to do and then then you had germans who built their cellars so they would build their their caves there's in order to keep things cool and they would um plant trees on top yeah i thought that was the most charming thing is that that's where kind of the idea for the beer garden came came to be because they would plant chestnut trees on top of where their cellars were to provide more shade. I mean, and they, what better place to drink? Right. <laughs> right. Your cellars underneath you, you got beautiful shade. Yeah, Here. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really cool, um, a really cool thing, but I guess we'll talk about that more yeah. next time. And um, also about my boys, um, Anton and uh, Gabriel. <laughs> I love so much. <laughs> it was really and, good book. I guess, I guess we should say that we we're gonna we want to do like a book club episode, so we all want you guys to go out and get the logger book. Yes. You can borrow it or whatever if you want to and read it. It's really good. We say the logger book, and um, it's called just logger. I'm looking um, for a copy. It's called of a, a brief history of yeah. logger. Five hundred years of the world's favorite Dredge. beer. Yeah. By Mark Dredge, and it is awesome. So yes, if you're listening and you haven't read it yet and you want to join in our uh, geeking out over the book, then get a copy and we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode, probably the next episode. But yeah, the loggers, that's how they were brewed. They were brewed seasonally. Um, They didn't have, up until refrigeration, they didn't have a way to keep things cold. So if they brewed, it would be bad. And a lot of times, like during the summer months, like on you know, estates and stuff like those farm workers needed to do like the labor that was involved with running the farm. Right. That was the season for that. So like brewing also provided something to like do during the downtime. Yeah, that, that's a good point. For the people that work there, you know, it's like, OK, well, you don't have anything farm, but you're going to brew. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You got time to lean. You got time to brew. Fine <laughs> <laughs> <Not laughs> by me. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so that's where a lot of that seasonality came from with our beers. And then like, like we said, if it's summertime, you probably don't want a a big boozy barrel aged beer just because it's hot outside. You're not looking for something that is really high, like high flavor, high ABV. You want something a little bit lighter. And similarly, when, you know, you're going into fall, we start seeing people tending towards more malt forward styles um, or just, you know, more, I always think of it as just kind of like amber beers, you know, like the seasons mm-hmm. kind of the seasonality of beer, like the beer color kind of changes at, yeah. as you're going through the seasons from like really light in the summer to like amber in the fall and spring and then dark in the winter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, fall beers, you have your, like you said, like you switched to like amber, brown, ESB, but then you also have your your pumpkin beer, maybe. Every brewery has like a different pumpkin beer. So not like a lot of, a lot of times you'll just see pumpkin ale or imperial mm-hmm. ale. And like that's just kind of like this base brown or red ale or amber ale with a bunch of spices maybe. 
or right. a porter, pumpkin porter or pumpkin IPA or pumpkin saison. So they can just because it's pumpkin doesn't like a pumpkin beer can be so many different things depending on the brewer's interpretation. So, right. And some of them are a lot better than others. <laughs> right. And and actually um, pumpkins when I think we talked about this on one of our episodes that when the um, people were first coming over from Europe, that's mm-hmm. what a lot of beer was brewed out of was pumpkins yeah. and squash because that was the sugar source that was handy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just like the same, kind of the same reason why there's a lot of like vodka production from potatoes yeah. and um, they were using what they had and yeah, different. whiskey and corn. And they also didn't have like a law telling them that they had to do certain ingredients. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, yeah. that's definitely that's definitely true. Um, we just needed alcohol somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However you can do it. Yeah. Just, there's like FDA regulation laws and stuff, but you know, that's different. That's not really anything about seasonal, but, um, and like, or like harvest ales too. Like harvest ale can be, uh, kind of harvest ale. is not really a style. It's more like a marketing term Mm -hmm. to describe like the beers that are brewed, like during the harvest time or fall time. Um, so Oktoberfest beers, Marzins, pumpkins, wet hop beers, like those are beers brewed with the fresh hops right off the vine. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. Like you can't just make a wet hop beer any time of the year. Um, right. exactly. and a, lot, a lot of these beers now we can do any time of the year, like Oktoberfest, you know, anything that everything actually, because everything was regulated, but um, that still may, remains one of the few pumpkin beer you could technically do depending on what kind of pumpkin or spices you use. I personally use like whole sugar pie pumpkins, so I can't like I wait till they're grown and use like right. on the ground. Right. Uh, but, but yeah, with you're you're right about wet hot beers. So what that means and I um actually one year when we lived in Chicago, one of the there was a hop farm in Michigan who had a harvest day. Um and you it was like a group of us, we met in Grand Rapids, we went out and got a tour of the hop farm. And, you know, got to drink some of the beers that were made with uh, their hops. And then we actually took a tote of wet hops with us when we went to visit because we went to like two other breweries and we took a tote with us. And it was kind of like um, how you think like uh, when somebody runs in with like the cooler with the with like the heart in it for the heart Mm -hmm. transplant thing where, you know, like the brewers (laughs) were waiting for us to get there. And yeah. like the first person off the bus was the one with the tote of wet hops and they like they took it and immediately used it. Yeah. And so that's that is what wet hop beer is. And I've known other brewers in that area who will drive, you know, four hours out to the hop farm to get their hops and then drive back and they have it timed so that they just basically walk back into the brewery and immediately use the hops. So the hops yeah. when it's wet hopped have to be used immediately oh it's yeah not, like you can't you can't buy wet hops at your homebrew store or from bsg like you have to go there and get them and immediately use them yeah when i worked at left hand they had every year a couple brewers could volunteer they would get out they'd go on a small jump plane up to the area i don't remember where it was and they'd camp out for the night and then the next day the hops would be loaded onto their plane and they'd come back and right when they took off the brewer would mash in and they would bring, <laughs> they would bring those hops ex- 
specifically for Whirlpool, you know, like it was yeah. like, just like that. It was so yeah. funny. It was like, that's such funny. A- yeah. It is. It's like those, um, like the drug runners and stuff. Yeah. Like you just like, you get on the little plane and they yeah. load it up with everything and you get right back. There's like the person on the road waving their arms to tell yeah. them where to land. <laughs> there's an airport right down the road. Cause there was like, they did that. They jumped out of airplanes and stuff over there. Yeah. yeah. It was just like, boom, boom. I was like, this is, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So wet hot beers really are something special. Like there is a lot involved in that. Uh, so those, that's also why you don't see a ton of them and you only see them, you know, like September, October every year. And they do um, have a category for it at GABF. Oh, do they really? Yeah. You can send the beer in like super, like, like late. You can send the beer in late because it's for your your wet hop category. Okay. Supposed to be right close to the competition. Um, That's interesting. At least they have before. I didn't like check last year, but they should have still had it. I don't know why they. Yeah. Also but, worth noting, if you're in a bottle shop or something in like yeah. January and you see a wet hot beer, don't buy that beer. No. I I was in a a bottle shop and I want to. I probably actually have a picture of it because I'm just a jerk and I take pictures of things like that. <laughs> But I was looking at like the single serve bottles and I was going down the line and there's a wet hot beer that, yeah, I was like, it's February. Yeah. Uh, this, this should not be here. Like yeah. I shouldn't even be seeing IPAs yeah. from like September, October on the shelf. But when I see a wet hot beer. Yeah. Or, you know, like a certain brewery puts out their Imperial IPA out a certain month and you see it in August. Yeah. No. <laughs> Why do you have this? Yeah. Drink it. <laughs> I saw somebody the other day on social media had posted about a crowler of it was a new realm beer and they posted the crowler that they were like, I finally opened this and I uh, I forgot what beer it was, but it was like a beer that came out around the time I started, which at this point was like eight months ago. And yeah, I was like, don't, don't drink that. And hopefully you like it, but it's not good anymore. Crowler beer can be so sad sometimes. Yeah. I had somebody else ask me about one of our, he said, I've got a Crowler of Radagast, which is our triple IPA. That's like our anniversary beer. And he had a crowler of it from the year before. And again, this was like February. So Radagast comes out in mid-January. He had had a crowler of it from the previous January and was like, is this still good to drink? I was like, no, no, it's not. And I mean, you, you can drink it, but you have, you don't get to have an opinion about it because it's not going to be good. (laughs) If you you mean, will you die? No, we won't. It won't right. hurt you at all. Will it taste good? No, it won't. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I see you on untapped with this beer, I will find you. <laughs> but yeah, so harvest ales, they can be, um, like I said, it's just a marketing term. Like founders harvest ale is an American IPA. And yeah, then, our harvest ale, I think, is a barley wine. Yeah. And Southern Tier has a ESB. So, you know, it's just like a marketing, like, this is our Harvest Ale. Right. Why? Because I said so. Right, exactly. <laughs> because we want to evoke that feeling of harvest in your mind, which is fine. Yeah. You know, that's yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a thing. But, yeah, it's, 
Harvest Ale can be anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it can pumpkin beer. Normally it's just means that it's brewed with pumpkin. But this has got that in common. But like, yeah, we do a, a really a, a IPA that I love a lot called Snowbird IPA in the winter. And um, it's just a southeastern style IPA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel has literally dropped the mic. I'm just using this small ass box as a stand. Like who who gets a one? I probably am using this wrong. I guarantee it. But like if I'm not, like why it's so small? I have to be like hello, like bend down. Maybe not. Hold on. I don't know. I got it. I'm good. <laughs> what else did I put in my notes? Um, yeah, I think the other part that we were kind of mentioned was like, then you also have your just nice beers. I think we, we already talked about, it, but like for just drinking during that, like you might not want Imperial Stout in the summer. You right. know, you wanna, I mean, I always want a lager or a Hefeweizen, so that's fine. Like I'll always drink a good light crushable beer personally. Right. And I'm not like a huge barrel beer fan. Like I like to taste them and know about them, but I don't want to drink a whole glass personally. However, the ones that we just made, I do, I do really like those. Those are, they're just nice and balanced. That's my thing. I can't, I can't stand the like overly done of one character of anything. Right. To a barrel beer. So, but they are fun to, to play with and uh, good for any season. Yeah, that's so, true. I'm, I'm starting to see a lot of low ABV beers coming out of barrels, which I think is a really yeah. fun idea. Yeah. We, I know I was talking to you about doing one. We might, we, we might experiment with it. Goes. I'm just not ready yet. I just need like the public to trust my barrel aging skills first. Right. Well, well and usually with the lighter, with the lower ABV beers too, it's in other kinds of spirits barrels. So like tequila. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah tequila yeah. and Gosa is a good yep. mix <laughs> and uh, gin barrels. But good for any season barrel beers. Also, better to just go ahead and drink your barrel beers. Do you want to age one, like, year tops, I say? Yeah, we talked about this last time, but a lot of people who are trying to drink through their cellar now are discovering that, sadly, they should have done undertaken this task two years ago. Yeah, so if there's a particular <laughs> seasonal beer that you really like, like, uh, you know, I use Hardywood Brewery, the first brewery I worked for, their gingerbread stout. You know, everyone mm-hmm. goes crazy about it. And, um, God, it's just so much better fresh. Like, and uh, they have been open for, I don't know, since 2011. And so that is, uh, you know, if you have one bottle of gingerbread stout from every year, now you have all these bottles and I guarantee you it's not that good. Like, especially the older it is. So just enjoy it while it's there. Age it for maybe a couple months to a year if you really just want to savor it. Mm-hmm. But you can't do that with all your favorite seasonal beers, like wet hop beers. You can't do that. You need to drink it. Or um, pumpkin beers even, really. I mean, if you really want to, I guess it depends on the style. But at the same time, like, it's just so much better fresh. Just drink the beer fresh. And then you won't have all this bottles weighing you down. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you can be, like, limber. and Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Could talk about the way I brew my seasonal beer. <laughs> Seasonally? <laughs> Seasonally. 
<laughs> yeah, like when I bring my pumpkin, we get these whole sugar pie pumpkins. They're like, I don't know, breed it for baking. I don't know, good for baking, specifically right. cooking with. Um, and we roast them on a small little grill and um, scoop out the puree and put it in the mash. Now, do you roast it to caramelize the sugars? Mainly to soften up just so I can get the, uh, Oh, okay. The, get the pure, I've never get, done a pumpkin beer. Yeah. So I, um, no, I just mainly do it just to soften it up and, and like it brings out more flavor too, but we definitely do brown sugar in the boil. And then we do some spices and whirlpool too. So we're not relying like on this pumpkin to give us all the pumpkin flavor. Right. But we do do, we do use actual pumpkin. Um, and you know, it gets some starch. It probably does get some fermentable sugars for sure. Actually, I know it does. I don't know what I'm talking about. And, um, <laughs> but uh, it's nice. We use, we do a Saison base beer. Yeah. You guys do the pumpkin Saison really well. Yeah. I am not a pumpkin beer person. I have one pumpkin beer a year and I'm like, oh, that's right. That's what pumpkin beer tastes like. And then I'm yeah. good for well, the next year. Really, but I do like the pumpkin Saison. It can be so different. Like some people just use spices. Mm-hmm. Some people use like, I don't know, canned pumpkin. I don't know anything about it. Maybe it's fine. I just, and there's all sorts of different types of pumpkins too. And if you don't know what you're using, you might get one that's not that flavorful. Right. Um, but, and then you can have like, just the base beer can make such a difference. Like me personally, um, like the, those pumpkin, the ones that are just labeled ale or imperial ale, mm-hmm. kind of like this overly spiced, Maybe brown ale, maybe amber, maybe I don't know. Right. It, yeah, it's not discernible, so they just call it ale. Yeah. Or like the, a Legion does like a coffee stout with pumpkin. Okay. Like, like a pumpkin spice latte thing. I don't know. I haven't tried it. A Southern Tier is a really good example for me of pumpkin beer that I liked a lot right off the bat. Mm. I was like first getting into beer and um, gosh, like, you know. 10 years ago, maybe like when they, you know, it, it just feel yeah. like a brewery then. <laughs> and it's just right. really different now. It's just like, not as, what is it? Pumpkin? Pumpkin? It's pumpkin. pumpkin. Yeah. It's not my king anymore. You know, like <laughs> there used to be one that was really anticipated and Bell's Hop Slam is that way for me too. You know, mm-hmm. it used to be really anticipated for me really good and smooth. And maybe I just like, I don't know. Maybe my palate. I'm sure my palate. I know my palate's changed, but I'm just saying maybe it's just a palate thing. I don't know, but it's just not the same. Um, you know, the yeah. big brewery they can't just use fruit anymore. Right. Like, I wonder how Hardywood's gone through that change because I know when I started there, they were big on like locally sourced natural ingredients, and we did like ginger. We went and harvested and processed ourselves and right local and all that. I just, it's so hard to do that when you get, the bigger you get. Yeah. I remember, so I have a fun story about Pumpkin is when they came out with Rum King, which was their rum barrel mm-hmm. age version of it. I had asked my father-in-law to get some for me because Southern Tier at the time was in upstate New York only. And that's where they lived also. And so he brought some down. So that comes out, you know, October fall time yeah and it's 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 like a 10 11 percent beer so it's it's fine that that it is aged and they came to visit us in march and he brought it and i was excited about it and was like okay cool so i'm gonna open this and everybody was like okay and what 
I meant was I'm going to open this for all of us to enjoy. And I think they were like, why are you telling us you're going to open this? We don't, we don't want any. So I opened this beer and everybody's like, no, I'm like, I'm good. I don't, I don't need any of it. And so I was like, well, I guess I have 22 ounces of this 11% rum king to drink on my, <laughs> on my own. And it's kind of like when, you know, like kids, parents would catch him smoking and make him smoke the entire pack. It was like, <laughs> by the end, I was just like, <laughs> I hate rum barrel aged pumpkin beer. <laughs> yeah. And that was, that was at the end of March too. So it was like completely out of season anyway. He probably like kept it in his car the whole time. <laughs> no, it was, I mean, it's, it's good. It's a good beer, but yeah, I was like, I thought, I thought we were all going to do this. Yeah. Great guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you how I really feel yeah. by the time I'm done with this beer. You'll see. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So I think that's, um, I think we've run out of things to talk about with yeah. everyone. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience with our, um, home recordings <laughs> I, mean, I mean you're welcome which means <laughs> yeah we are here to brighten your days with us uh meandering through topics like seasonal beers yeah so like a wandering down a summer lane and just a reminder that if you can if you want to read yes. that lager book yes the a brief history of lager by mark dredge uh, we'll talk about that in what will be a couple weeks for you guys will probably be like two days for us, but because we've already read it. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, as always, feel free to reach out to us at falsebottomgirls at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, we always love hearing from you. So definitely reach out. No matter the season. <laughs> I see what you did there. Our, our appreciation for I you is year round. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. So are Jen's jokes. <laughs> they are never ending. This has been False Bottom Girls. And we make the brewing world go round. <laughs> <laughs>